I have future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. If I don't get the first leg won, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello listeners and welcome to a massive episode of the Two Units podcast as we look ahead to day one of the championships at Royal Randwick. We've also got a standalone meet there at Bendigo Golden Mile Day. All of our normal segments are back, Salt Specs, the Sultan Supper, pack your nags. And of course we round out the show with our two units, our best bets from around Australia. My name's Nick Foote, joining me as always is... My great mate and fellow owner of my bold boy, the Sultan. Footy listeners, great to be here. And what a weekend of racing we got coming up with the championships. And like you mentioned, Golden Mile Day, it's always big fields there at Bendigo. And you mentioned my bold boy, he's going to kick around at Gundagai most likely this Sunday. So he's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? He, he certainly is, and, and the owners are still on a high, so we've been in touch with them this week. The socials are still ticking along. And uh, yeah, we had a great time up there at Albury, that's for sure. Yeah, we certainly did, and we, we celebrated with a few mates. We celebrated with our, our good mate, Timmy Turmoil, and if, if people want a little bit of an insight into the lives of, of footy and salts when they go on the road, he, here's a little quote from Timmy Turmoil in our group chat. Here we go. These two are absolute operators. Here's the rundown from yesterday. 4 p.m., record two units podcast. 5 p.m., Nick edits, Dave uploads. 6 to 10 p.m., pub. 11 p.m., go to bed together and watch South Park. <laughs> it, it was like a scene out of Step Brothers, except they actually like each other. <laughs> well, we did just resign from other positions, so we could do that. We could relive that scene from Step Brothers where they go to job interviews. To, to yeah. <laughs> We're going to have yeah. a lot of time and a lot of room for activities, which is going to be outstanding. Yeah. Human resources lady. Uh, her name's Pam. <laughs> Are you saying Pan or Pam? Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good Classic yeah. film. Classic. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut, Combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. It is, of course, time now for the Sultan's Supper, an opportunity where we get to invite great performances from the week gone by along for a supper in, in honour of the, the great man's name here. Uh, Salts, you've got... Who are you, who's coming along this week after a pretty uh, pretty big week, at, bit pretty big week in racing for the both of us? Oh, well, firstly, hearing the great man, that's never going to get old, mate. Here he is, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you give me a nice here he is in a group chat the other day, didn't you? I was, I was getting a little bit too ahead of myself. But this this one could have gone in pack your nags, but I've put it in the salt and supper because it's about dinner. This is what happened to me today. So mm. I'm up I'm up by the river. I'm chilling out, having a good time. And I, I was watching races at Newcastle and it was kind of dark there. And I just started making dinner. Like I made, I was doing a pork belly and, and roast sides and stuff. I, I chopped the potatoes. I put everything in the oven and start cooking. And then I look at the clock and it was 3.45. That's outrageous. <laughs> and I started cooking dinner and I was like, oh, what do I do now? And I just, I put the kibosh on it and had a snack and then cooked dinner later. <laughs> but yeah, I'd completely 
lost me bearings there. So welcome to the life of the Sultan where his biggest problem is he, he cooks dinner too early. Are you bringing an early dinner to the Sultan? It could be an early dinner. Country kitchen buffet for 60s. <laughs> unless you've got a pension a card, you're not invited. <laughs> hey, mate, I've actually got an invite and it's uh, from last Friday, uh, Aubrey Gold Cup Day, and we were fortunate enough to be invited along to the Aubrey Tigers function. Shout out to the, to the Tigs up there. And uh, we got to head in and have some lunch and there were some drinks and all sorts of things. I think Mitch B is a bronze member of the club. So that was the link there, but we met a guy called, uh, he, he introduced himself as Chubbs and we laughed, straight away. We, we, we laughed straight away because we were like, we took the piss and said, oh, Chubbs Peterson. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's how I got my name. And then, and then he held up his left hand and it was just, Ah, oh! <laughs> it was yeah. It was oh, it was it was mangled. That's the best way to describe it. And he'd had a work accident, unfortunately, a few years ago. And uh, all the boys at the club call him Chubbs Peterson. He was a he was a great fella, and he he had a lot of time for us. So I'm going to invite Chubbs Peterson along to the Sultan Supper this week. He was a good fella. And then there was a bit of a case of life imitating art because then I got a hockey stick and I smashed his hand onto a road and a semi trailer ran it over. So. <laughs> How are you not laughing harder at that? Oh, no. Yeah, no, you've you've paused for about five seconds before you've even laughed. That was good gear. That goal regulation says a word! So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! I've seen no finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'll come! Saltsy, it is now time for packing eggs, where if we're mad at things in the week gone by, we just send them packing. Mate, kick us off. Uh, I'm sending packing your ass. So for, for those people that want some context, you know, when you're in a hotel room, there's certain rules that they're unwritten. It's like when you're in a car, when you're in a confined space, you just don't drop your guts, particularly if your guts are having severe issues and, and your guts Saturday morning or Friday morning were, were no good, mate, and you've dropped your guts in inside the apartment and it was absolutely horrific. I actually got a funny story. I was working somewhere once and we we're in a confined space and I was, I was sort of cruising around, you know, doing my job and I dropped one of the all-time stink bombs and I, I saw all these people <laughs> leave the room, but it was so bad that I just had to act like it didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, yeah, I do safe to say I didn't go that. back to that workplace. But. <laughs> I've got to apologize for that. I get a little unsettled when I'm away. I'm on a very... I'm very select with my diet and when I go away and I throw some things out of the out of the trolley, it changes it up a bit. So Yeah. What what as the saying goes, mate, you don't put diesel in a Ferrari. You certainly don't. Sorry about that, mate. Another thing, shorts pockets. So I bought a pair of shorts the other day, two different brands. So you firstly said, Well, that's what you get for buying Puma, but mm. I bought a pair of Puma shorts. I the Puma pants. Pair of, yeah, Puma pants. <laughs> Twelfth man gear there. That's so good. Yeah. Oh well, I bought a pair of Puma pants and I bought a pair of Under Armors. Under Armour, big brand in the US. If you, if they want to sponsor us, reach out. Doubt they're listening. But you said that Nike have done it too. So they're when you're running shorts, but the pockets are deeper than the actual length of the short. So it's you an put your mate. You put your phone in or your keys, and you go mm. for a walk. Like, duh, you go for a walk. You're gonna have your keys on you, and and most likely your mobile phone. You put them in your pocket, and they hang down like two inches lower than the short themselves, and you look like a dweeb. You look whoever, like a full Poindexter. Whoever designed 
them should just be sacked. Oh, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, do do they not make them? Yeah. Do they not make them and say, hey, let's put something in these to just see how they operate? Yeah. You're bad at your job. Yeah. You're bad at your job. Three major, major sportswear companies. Got to have a good hard look at themselves. (laughs) What do you bring them up? Next, mate. I'm, uh, well, you know, you can, you can actually see behind me on the vision at the moment that I'm in a, I'm in a room full of boxes and um, it's not the golden patty nice type of room full of boxes, but I am, I have just, I've just moved, I've just moved back to my renovated household. So um, five months out and I'm back, but in the process, so all day Saturday, I was watching the races. I had it on my, um, I had it on my laptop while I was, while I was packing and I was neatly packing all the crockery everything up just to go for the removalist to come the next day and take it away. And I only moved one and a half K down the road and took so much care and they come and they take your gear out of your house and they put it in the lift and whatever if you're building and they take it and they put it with care in the truck. I reckon when the truck door closes, I reckon the only thing that could happen because I've got to the other end and my gear is cooked. I reckon they've closed that door and there's just been an old fashioned bar fight in the back of the truck. They've <laughs> just been throwing plates at each other and everything. Mate, I've got like I've got a I reckon I've got a few thousand bucks worth of damage from this removalist company. You lived a kilometer from where you moved from. And and I've and it got safe passage from the place into the truck. So I don't know what's happened between the truck and this place, but I think they've gone and done burnouts around Flemington Racecourse. I don't know, but here's a I'm test of removalists. Yeah, packing. Did you say Not anything happy. to their to their face? Because they are quite often quite aggressive type operators. Yeah. Removalists. I actually, I actually was out at training, so wifey oh, had to deal with it. So, yeah, um, that's yeah, a good result for everyone. She didn't want to shape up to the three big fellas, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was a big man on the phone today. So, <laughs> yeah, aren't we always <laughs> phone board warriors? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, that rounds out the first part of the show. Top Sport is bringing you something that's better than the best and better than the rest. It's best of the best multis. Your top odds are guaranteed. Just place a best of the best multi across any Saturday Metro meeting to score yourself the top fluck or top dividend from the three national totes on each leg. How's that for top dollar? Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Best of the best not available WA races. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, listeners. It is now time, of course, for Salt Specs. And as always, this segment's proudly brought to you by our great mates at Top Sport. We got a huge program of races to get through. We've got, obviously, day one of the championships up there at Randwick, the standalone uh, meet at Bendigo for Golden Mile Day. Uh, we've got tips at Eagle Farm and Morfittville as well. And Salty, we're going to kick things off as we always do in Victoria and the uh, Bendigo standalone meet. Beautiful town, Bendigo. Beautiful town. Underrated town. Last year, this particular meeting was very on pace, very difficult to make ground. And the year prior, it wasn't as bad on pace, but there were still no swoopers. Early in March, the rail here was seven metres and a heavy 10, and then it was nine metres and a good four. So the tracks had a little bit of a break and the rail's true. So with the wind up, today, Thursday, the wind was up. Tomorrow, Friday, the wind is up. Drying conditions. I'm I'm a little wary that it, that it is going to play towards the front, and I've had a couple of bets there. Both of them are going to be forward, and and the rest I'm just going to keep my eye on, mate. 
Yeah, well, let's start, mate, in race five. It's the Bendigo Gold Bracelet. It's a 1,400-meter race for the mares. And you might have uh, you might have been early on the tweet on this one as well. Yeah, I thought no effort went up the wrong price. And she went up the wrong price just based on her ability. Now, she got no wins fresh. She got no wins at 1,400. So there's a lot against. But there's a couple of things to me that indicate, like, she might be able to run a race. And that's why I'll have... 0.25 units on the win and 0.55 units on the place. And she jumped out with Verspatine, who's $6 here. And Verspatine was deep into a prep and hard fit. And no effort was just at her second jump out. And I, I thought they jumped out equally as good as each other. And, you know, despite she's got no fresh form, no effort, I think two jump outs as opposed to one, which she normally has, signals a little bit of intent to be ready. And she got the top weight, but... You know, she, she's going to lead this race more than likely on her ear. And at this price, if it is playing towards the front, I, I think she can run a cheeky race and I'm happy to have something small on. Yeah, so she was at 61 bucks and halved in price at $31 now on Top Sport. And yeah, Bo Mertens only knows one way on this horse and that's to send it salt. So Exactly um, right. Yeah, regular rider as well, which was another key key thing in terms of having the bet too. And just as a side note, you got 0.25 units to win and 0.55 units to place. Do you know if you had 0.75 units to place that this would be a one by three play? I do. That's why <laughs> okay. I didn't. No, I, reckon, I actually don't. But just I'll, leave you on 0.55 to spite me. I've, it's a one by 2.13 recurring. You're, you're, like you're a stubborn prick. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, think later on I might be having a one by three. I haven't done the math yet, but we'll get to that. Okay, cool. I look forward to it. I haven't. Yeah. This is as far as I've gone on the run sheet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fail to prepare to prepare to fail. You know it. Uh, Race seven listed Bendigo Guineas at set weights and penalties uh, over the 1400. Yes. I I like Gundek here and he set outside a very slow tempo, fresh over 1200 meters, but he won with ease. One running away, the further they went, the more he wins by. And what he has today is a map advantage over the main rivals. And consider he comes through a slow run 1,200 metre race. I really love that setup to get to 1,400 metres and have an easy time of it near the speed and, and kick off that. And look, it might be hard in the mouth late, but I just think he gives a big sight. And with dangers in the market settling behind him, and I, I think he's a good shout. Gun neck, I'll have a unit on him. Unit on at five fifty. You've obviously got Cardigan Queen here, who lobs favourite at two seventy. And what an absolute tragedy that was! I'm still still hurting salts. Uh, just is is it just purely the map while you're against? Yeah, I'm going to be watching, and if they can run on, I'll, I'll save on her because yeah, she's a very nice horse, and like you mentioned, she was an absolute tragedy beaten last start, and she can reel off massive sections. So if the track's mm. playing fair, I think that. She's the most likely winner, so I'll I'll sort of reassess come race time. Yeah, and I'm really actually keen to, to watch this race and see what Mars Mission does as well, Salts, if they are running on, because that's yeah. a horse that time you know, for a I've, spell. Got a bit, I've got a bit of time for. But, yeah. I don't yeah. mind him either, but I think he needs yeah. a rest. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Hey, let's move on to race eight, which is the Golden Mile. It's a $200,000 race, and... Uh, it's there's some special conditions for this. I think it's named after King's Cross, the Golden Mile. So if you actually win, you get free, um, you get free drink tickets for life on the and on lappies, the strip. 
yeah, free <laughs> lappies and drink drink cards <laughs> for life. So I, I want to run in it now. Yeah, this is why I've lobbed on this because I think the Snowdens might be that way inclined. But um, <laughs> I think this is a race that would be pretty easy to follow um, in terms of that last start run of the fave Cherry Tortoni. But you've already uh, you've got me on side here talking about the track and hopefully playing on speed. So I'm siding with uh, a runner here in I Am Superman who's just going to be, is, I think, is the class horse and can be a little bit more forward in the run than the market dangers. So nice first up in the uh, Polo Stakes behind Think It Over and trolled very well after that. Finds dry ground here, which I think is the key. And uh, I Am Superman at $7.50, I think, is a nice bet at the price in the Golden Mile Salts. Mate, you've, you, got, you mentioned Cherry Tortoni there. He's, mm. he's jumping from barrier 16 as it stands now. Like he was, it was big last start with the blinkers going on. He was, he flew home as he does. But you know, four eighty into three eighty already. That that's just the flashing market bets happening before Saturday morning. If you like him, you you're not betting three eighty. You wait until late. You get a better price. Yeah, and like we've been. I think this is the horse we talk about when we've spoken about on this podcast about flashing lights too. So it's, it is just a horse that can just constantly yeah. suck you in. And a lot of people were very critical of Mick D's ride on Cherry Tortoni last start in terms of not, you know, not showing enough figure and, and getting going early enough. But this is the, the risk you obviously take with these types of horses. Yeah. And he's won five from 18. Like he's a good horse, but yeah, he just needs... Needs everything to go right. A lot of those were early days. So, yeah, wait, you'll get a better price. you got another one at Bendigo you like, mate. Yeah, I'm going to close out the card, hopefully. Um, hopefully go the race-to-race double. That's race nine. It's a benchmark 100 over the 1,400 metres. And uh, I like second slip here at 650. Uh, tie, he got tired too late back at Flemington in the Chester Manifold on New Year's Day, but had excuses that day pulling up lame after the run. Had a little fresh and then uh, return on Adelaide Cup Day in the Matrice where he was just nutted late by Ironclad. I think takes a lot from that run, draws three here and just puts himself into the race, gets in at 55 kilos after the Matty Cartwright claim. And I think it's pretty good shopping second slip at 6.50 uh, in race nine to close out the card there on uh, Golden Mile Day. Yes, he should get a very nice run as well, second slip. All's the best. Thanks, brah. Hey, uh, let's go to Randwick Salts. And uh, I feel like, you know, we just have a weather segment on this show around Sydney or to be fair, any racing show you listen to. It's just, it's a tough gig at the moment in terms of Randwick. Like we had our tips last week uh, for Rose Hill and we ended up at Newcastle on Monday. Mate, what's Mm -hmm. it doing up there? And what can we, what can punters expect going into day one of the championships? No, well, you do feel from like over a thousand mils, to start the year, like you can't, you can't control that. It's it's disappointing that that it happens during their main carnival all the time, though. Like some, I don't know if some scheduling can be looked at. Who knows? But yeah, you can't control El Nino, mate. He runs on his own program, but it's it's <laughs> going to be a heavy ten. Now, last time out at Randwick was just on or over a month ago. It was the rail was six meters. It was significant on speed bias, but the rail's back to the true and it's heavy. I think in terms of the surface, it's going to play quite fair in terms of lanes. But what is a massive, massive and significant thing this weekend is the wind. There is a very strong, like, you know, 40k an hour south, southwesterly forecast. And, and the reason that's significant is that's a tailwind. 
in the home straight. So from shoot races, that's virtually at their back the entire way. So on speed advantage from the shoot. But when you're looking at the start from the famous Ramwick Mile and, and other races that run down the back straight, when they're running down the back straight, they're into that wind. So I reckon the ideal run for those races, 1,600 metres and above, is with some cover and then being able to peel out wider and get that wind at your back when running for home. All right. Well, race three is where you're going to start proceedings for us, Saltsy. That's the Adrian Knox. It's a group three for the three-year-old fillies over the 2,000 metres. And you like something at a price? I do. This is a, a horse that fits the bill of, of that type of run that I'm talking about, covered up and then letting rip to the outside. And that's in the summertime. 0.4 units I'll have on that. It's at 20 bucks. But this is a very weak edition of the Adrian Knox. And this is a quite a steep class rise. The, the filly's gone from winning a maiden to a class one to a benchmark 58 this prep and, and has won three on the trot. But she's done it on all surfaces, heavy and good. And She's just a line chaser. She's one of those fillies that, you know, she's not raiding through the roof or, or busting the clock or anything like that. Yes, yes, she sprints home fast. Like last start over 1,800 metres off four weeks on the Wagga Riverside in a 58, she sprinted off a slow tempo and absolutely pumped them. But mm. she just, I think she just likes running past horses. So if she's up in class here, I think she'll still give her all. And, you know, her old man Sebring absolutely loved the slop. She's proven in the slop and... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on this being a real deep edition of the Adrian Knox. So I think something can come from those country and provincial grades and, and win the race. You look a few years back, I was on Amangiri and Oliferous had won a class one at Mudgee or some shit, like two back, and then was runner-up in a 64 at Kembla. Prior, came from the rear and absolutely bloused them. Like, yeah, I think it's just who gets the 2,000 metres in the wet, and I think this horse is going to be very strong late. I love it. So that's a point four of a unit on. Baby in the summertime, <laughs> that is where I'll be. And uh, that is at nineteen <laughs> bucks on Top Sport. Hey, we saw Thirsty Merc uh, in the in our uh, hotel lobby in Adelaide, didn't we? We saw him about eight times because because <laughs> the Fringe Festival was on. Every band we walked past, I'm like, is that Thirsty Merc? They've all yeah. got the same hair and mustache. Yeah, I think we actually didn't see Thirsty Merc once. We just thought. Every band was thirsty, Merc, but... Yeah, I think I'll do a cricket promo somewhere. <laughs> yeah, 19 bucks into summertime. Race four is the chairman's quality. It's a group three over the 2,600 metres. What do you got for us? Chalkstream, one unit, and he was absolutely enormous over 2,400 metres in the wet last start. He was three deep, had no cover throughout, and if you look like the jockey was hard at him and he, he looked like he was on the spot, but then the last 100 metres... You know, I was on Zarek, who just didn't run the trip, so the extra 200 metres for him looks a little bit of a query. And, you know, he cut back underneath Zarek in that race and and ran past him cold. I, I think that this horse, you look at his overseas form, you know, he's, he's got form 2,800 metres plus. I think mm. clearly from last side he handles the heavy. A 2,600-metre slog is going to be right up his alley from barrier one. He's not going to face any breeze. And, and given how long the race is and how heavy the conditions are, there's going to be gaps opening up. Like, there's no doubt about it. You can't get held up in a race this long. There'll, there'll be horses that don't handle it in this race that get beaten like 85 lengths. There'll be gaps and he'll be strong and yep. I think he goes well, yeah. Nice. And he, he's at $3.90 now. Yeah, 
with in at 53 kilos. How do you assess someone like a, so there's a horse here at the top of the market who I automatically, um, sorry, at the top of the weights who I automatically sort of gravitate to, and that's Stockman off the six day backup, um, obviously running at Newcastle there, second to Duace. Uh, how do you assess someone chances like that of six day backup in the slot? Oh, it's the right form, isn't it? And he loves the slop, but you look at that. I know he's out of a weight for age race, so he carries the same weight, but he's he's in a handicap. You know, six kilos on a heavy ten over twenty six hundred meters is a lot of weight, mm. a lot of weight, and um, he's going to need a, a career best run. To win. Outstanding. So just confirming there that Chalk Stream at $3.90, uh, one unit is Salt's Bet and Race 4. Let's head to Race 6, which is the English size. It's a group one for the two-year-olds over 1,400 metres. And uh, I'm interested in your thoughts here on what you've got on top. Yeah, Fireburn, I think she'll break the curse. I'll have 1.25 units on her. I, I expected her to be going up like a $1.75, like... And I know if you look at something, and I haven't looked in the last 10 minutes, but I know she was about 2 bucks 30 If you say, oh, yeah, I expected it to be $1.75, then you might say, well, why don't you have 45 units on her? But there, there are some unknowns. <laughs> it but, is yeah. so it's with the slipper curse, though. You, you've got only, what, one of the last nine winners that have won another race after taking out the slipper. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one, mate. The, last, the only one is She Will Reign, and that was trained by Gary Portelli, so... It's in the right hands to break that curse. But you reckon the human neck's got the ability to break the curse? I reckon. I reckon Necky's going to uh, send the curse back in. <laughs> neck minute. <laughs> neck minute. Neck minute. Curse is over. You know what? You know what's funny about that though? That curse. You look. Well, it's not funny, but it's just cold hard stats. But <laughs> yes. of, of all those nine runners, only yeah. Kiyomichi and Overreach actually went to the sires. So in the sires, Kiyomichi. She was just a swimmer, you know. She she was on the backup when she won her slipper, but then she went to the size. She dead aided for third with Carcel Vecchio, and yeah, fair horse. runner up was loving Gab, Gabby and Jared Grant. The, the football, microphone. yeah, microphone, microphone. testing, <laughs> testing one, two, yes. three. He yeah. actually won the English size that year. But like, you look at another thing, <laughs> testing. <laughs> look at look at last year, right? Animo mm. came from eighty five postcodes back. His slipper run was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. If he wins the slipper last year, he goes on and wins the size. He won the size last year in complete dominant fashion. He ran past them like they were nailed to the ground. Mm. Like the, the, that was a similar run than Fireburn. You know, she got checked and then let rip this huge peak performance, these massive closing, closing splits. You watch the replay. She lost several lengths. On the bend, like her win was absolutely outrageous. Clearly, yeah, the best two-year-old performance of the season. If she happened to find more bad luck that day, and something beat her, well, is she just animal and goes on to win? You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I, I just think it sets so up so well for her. She loves a slop. You know, having said that, I banged on about her. I, I that performance was so good. Fourteen hundred meters, massive tick, massive yeah. tick. So I'll bet her. I will say if she's. She's extreme because she's extreme did SP five bucks fifty in that golden slipper and she had no luck. Mm-hmm. A couple of runs prior, she actually took ground off Fireburn over twelve hundred meters on heavy before she went on to to be a dominant winner in where's, a magic night. Where's Barry gonna get to from twelve? 
Well, I don't think it matters. I think they'll just probably be a three-wide line and can just can just track up. You know, yeah. where's what's five? What's Abdullah going to do on Fireburn? She's a get-back run on horse. You know, you're not you're not going to ride her any different. I think they can just both mate their runs Ho- together. Hopefully, weave some of that chopper footage porn like he did on Sleeper oh, Day. That was absolute <laughs> chopper porn. Get down, chopper get porn. to the chopper, watch some porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, very good, mate. So that's 1.25 units on Fireburn and 0.25 units on She's Extreme. Fireburn's at two dollars thirty-five. She's Extreme's at eight bucks in the English size. Yep. Race seven, Group One Australian Derby, twenty four hundred. You got anything for us there yet? I don't, mate. I'm going to stay out of the race. Like, I know after the Tullock at Newcastle on Monday, I thought, "Geez, what a great trial from from Regal Lion." And and yes, it was him and the what's the grey one, Richie Benno. They they ran on quite well. Regal Lion just came from absolute downtown. He's got McDonald on. He cops a bit of synthetic hoof filler, which is interesting on the backup, but. What what came out of the wash is the race just rated okay, you know. So it's it's easy to to fall into your eye at the time. And if he wins, it won't surprise you know. He he's a Kiwi. This stable knows who to bring over, and he was back in trip there, so he probably love a slog. But in in terms of what the market does, I don't know. But it would not shock me to just see her Tatsu completely off the map. Yeah. Like I, I was looking at betting him because. On on the data, on on the two different programs I'm using, he is so far ahead of anything else in the race that he should just win. It's you know, if if you're rating them on their best performances, he's like a dollar forty. He looks like a real just one out of the box freak that yeah. just does things differently to any other animal. Yeah, well, and it's like their yard as well. You know, what are they doing in the background? They've they've held him off after after that fast guineas. They would have got him right. But just from a betting perspective, I know that they do things differently, mm. but it, it is really hard to back something that's going 1,600 to 2,400 metres that's untried on a heavy 10 second up. It's just hard to, to take 350 about that. But on the pure numbers and what he's done in the past, he, we actually might, you know, be reporting back after the race that we've seen a, a, a proper superstar in the making, and I hope it happens. But I just can't yeah. bet him. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to race eight then, which is another Group One, and it's the TJ Smith. It's a Group One weight for age over the twelve hundred, and she's the three runners at the top of the market here. Come through the Group Two challenge, and you've got Eduardo, who's just tough as nails. Nature Strip, who you know, arguably is just the grand final horse, and then. Shelby 66, who's the fairy tale. How do you see this one panning out and, you know, what what changes from the challenge? Well, another one I'm going to stay out of as well, Shelby 66, I, like I mentioned with that wind, like I think it's going to be, if you, if you look at that challenge run, he's just eating up ground from, you know, he runs past Nature Strip and he's, and he's past Eduardo through the line. That was 1,000 metres. But then, you know, he sort of just got there in a handicap last start over 1,100 with, what did he have, 52.5 kilos. So he's up six kilos. So it's like, it's hard to have on that, but I just want him to win. Like, it would be so good. Mm. Nature Strip, you know, I was so bullish on him to win the Everest because he's a grand final horse for a grand final trainer. He actually did pull up with a slow recovery last start. So he had some excuses, but I'm just, he was so good first up as well, but, I, I just don't have like such a bullish feeling that I 
that I want to dive in. I could probably get Eduardo a little bit shorter because I think he'll lead. I think yep. he'll lead at his own leisure, actually. Mm. So, yeah, you know, he's drawn inside Nature Strip. It's it's a tough one. It's it's a popcorn job, mate. Yeah, I don't know how much we'll learn from it either. It's just going to be a nice one to sit back and, and watch, I reckon, Salty. Yeah, it's their, I think they're five to four Nature Strips up on Eduardo, so can they? Can he level it? Yeah, jeez, that's a, that's a good battle. It's a war. Yeah. All right, well, that oh, that doesn't. Jeez, we got, no, we got we got a massive out. the I best know, race I, on the program, best was, race in Australia. I was, was going to book end. I was going to book end it. I was going to I was going to leave it till after the two units and the outro. Um, <laughs> but we may as well do it now, I guess. And that's uh, race nine. That's the Group One Doncaster handicap, the Randwick Mile. And uh, how are you assessing this race? Well, firstly, this is this is probably my favourite race. I, I love this race. It's it's such a great race and and I love betting in this race and I'm going to have a few bets this year and I'll, I'll outline them first and then and then go through the reasons why. So firstly, I'm going to have 0.6 of a unit on Just Folk. I think he's a cracking roughie, Just Folk. I'm going to have – I got my math stuffed up before. This is nowhere near a one by three, but I'm going to have <laughs> – I'd forgotten what I'd done, but New Marion for Annabelle Nation. I'm going to have 0.15 units to win and 0.25 units to place. And I'm going to have 0.85 units on the favorite Forbidden Love. So here's me raising. Just folk, firstly, he gets five and a half kilos off I'm Thunderstruck from the CF4. And he, he, I'm Thunderstruck probably beat him half a length, but they virtually crossed the line together. But Just Folk is on a, he's undefeated on heavy. He wants it to be a heavy 30. He's Magnus. He's, he's by Magnus. He lives for the slop. He absolutely loves it. Not only that, he beat Ellsberg last start, and Ellsberg gets a little weight swing on him. But if you have a look, the further they went, Ellsberg wasn't getting him. He cut up the inside. It was a really nice ride from Jason Collette. But the further they went, he just wasn't pegging him back, Ellsberg. The other thing is a trial between runs. He's trial, he trialed up behind Eduardo between runs, and, and he trialed up like a group one horse. Just folk. I think he's in the zone. And and lastly, and and probably the the biggest of them all is his map. I think he is the map horse from barrier 10 and people get put off by outside barriers. This, this is not an extreme outside barrier whatsoever. He's got a, in, in terms of winning Doncasters, he's got the perfect barrier, you mm-hmm. know, just inside double digits, but there's going to be a three wide train in this race. And, you know, I think Ellsberg goes forward. Laws of indices goes forward. Forbidden love comes across Jamie Carr from barrier 14 couple others roll forward from out wide and I, I think he just plonks, him, plonks himself uh, a couple of pairs back with some cover from barrier 10 and and like I mentioned before that's he's not going to be facing the breeze down the back and he's going to have the wind at his back running for home and he loves the slop and he's got 50 kilos on his mm. back and yeah you talk, I, I think race, you talk about racing stories as well Joshua Julius uh Training a you know a Doncaster Mile Group One winner that would be huge. Oh, wouldn't it on Bendigo Cup or not Bendigo, on Golden Mile Day? You know he's a yeah. he's a Bendigo lad and yeah, racing it throws up these there's, stories and there's a bit and of they, a, there's a bit happen. of omen there's a bit of omen bit about that too. Salts, yeah. You know, uh, I know you're not a real superstitious guy, but nah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty fond of an omen bet, and that's uh, <laughs> the stars are aligning on that one. Now you mention it, yeah, mate. He, he's in it up to his eyeballs. 
just folk. Mm. I think that Mr. Brightside was the other one that'll come across. He'll tag that. Oh, jeez, he gets a juicy run. The other one's so Jumarian. Ju- yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, I was just going to say, just to confirm where you're at at the moment with your stakes or you want to finish off on Jumarian because, you know, we want to give our listeners a clear rundown of the play. Yeah, I've, well, I clearly outlined it at the start, bro. I'm not and, yeah, and I'll, and I'll outline it at the end. But, they call yeah. me bookends foot, though. I like <laughs> to just make sure it's nice and clear. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep going, then we'll recap. Okay. All right. Um, Numerian. Yeah. That's, what's that, What did I mention? Would anyone have Would anyone have given Picasso painting advice? But um, Numerian. He when when you look at at lead up races, an, an open handicap at Flemington is probably last on the list. But I, I thought he was good in that race behind Gentleman Roy. They won overall time. They ran faster time the All Star Mile, but. Thought he found the line well. He gets a nine kilo weight drop. I reckon he's one or two pairs back with a little bit of cover, and he loves the wet. He he's got the scalp. It's it's in two thousand and twenty. His, his European form sort of waned off a bit to you know towards the back end of his career there before coming to Australia. But he's beaten Sir Dragonet on a wet track, and he's one of the great. He, he's he stomped in a Cox Plate. He's a fair horse on a heavy track. So yeah. you know, this is a good horse, and he and he trialed up well and. You know, if you look at his run, his Australian debut was in one of the key lead-ups to the Epsom, and margin there very unfair. I think he's, I think he's well over the odds. Yeah, the, nice. yeah, the last one, Forbidden Love. I just think, like on all the data and stuff, if if she turns up, she she'll just win. You know, the, there's a lot that needs to go under the bridge, and a lot can happen in these big handicap races. But you know, you look at the time she ran three back in the Guy Walter at Randwick over 1,400 metres, and you just say, well, she absolutely gobbles up the mile. She did it. She was barely let off the leash, and she ran superb overall time. She lives for the wet, and she's the best weighted horse in Australia for the year 2022. Yeah. So it's hard, it's hard to knock her. Speaking of, speaking of stepbrothers earlier, who gets, uh, who gets forbidden love, the Friedman split? What do you mean? With the trainers splitting up, who's going to take for? Oh, love? yeah, rock, paper scissors rock, maybe. <laughs> is it? I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah could be. It's an absolute yeah. rock off. It is a rock off. It's the only fair way to do things. It's uh, the. Uh, it is fair. Solid diplomacy. Um, okay, so I'm going to recap your bets now, Salts. You've got forbidden love, 0.85 of a unit at four dollars sixty. Mm-hmm. You've got. Just folk as your best roughie, point six of a unit at twenty one bucks, and then you got Numerian each way, point one five units and point two five units, and Numerian's paying seventy one dollars. Yeah, what's he nineteen? Yeah, nineteen the place. So yeah, look out. Hey, um, I'm conscious of talking about the Doncaster thirty. No, it's a big race. Who cares? Let's spend heaps on it. Oh, I love it. Um, can you talk me out of? So can you talk me out of back and converge because? Converges back to the mile where he beat Animo in the Randwick Guineas two back. Drops to 49.5 kilos here. And I understand there's a bit of a compressed weight scale when we get to the, you know, the horses down the bottom there. But 10 bucks and $3.10, that's just a end foot one by three play calling. Nah, I I can't talk you out of him. Like if you look at his, the number he ran when he beat Animo, it was huge with this yeah. weight. You know, it measures right up. The one thing I will say is, you know, that's the ride that got shown at Jockey School as the best ride of 2022. You know, can Rachel King deliver the best ride of 2022 
again. It wasn't her that wrote it. It was, it was Tim, Tim Clark. Clark. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So, yeah. like, yeah. he's got a different jockey on. He's going to need it again. But, you know, 49 kilos obviously handles the wet. And back in trip, you know, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit to like about him. Wouldn't talk you out of him. Yeah, cool. So that's my little one by three play. But lots to go on there. Four horses between us. Few each ways, bit of roughy. Hopefully, we just get some value and some a return yeah. there for the listeners, Salty. Well, we're going to go to Eagle Farm now, mate. I'll introduce the race, and I'm going to put my feet up for a second. Race <laughs> three, the Fisher and Pikey Class Three. So that's uh, when you buy a fridge and name it after William Pike, and it's over 1,800 meters. Who you got? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Fisher and Pikey who have come on board and sponsored the renovation here at uh, Casa de Foot. Thanks for uh, very much. Do you know? Actually, so she's Australia again. I now can control my oven on my phone. That's outrageous. It's absolutely ridiculous. That is absolutely outrageous. It's a, it's a smart oven, so I'm going to be like really preheating that thing when I'm in the car on the way home. But anyway, yeah, like yeah, race three, much. Fisher and Pikey, 1,800 metres. I really like rations here at $3.70 for my smash and grab in Queensland. And uh, Stuart rides here for Baza Baldwin, good guy. Uh, consistent prep this time in and uh, progressing through the grades nicely. Has been up for a while, but is just rock hard fit and uh, I think has a few more wins to come, this horse. Speed maps have a going back, but going through the last couple of starts certainly suggests otherwise. And from barrier six, I think Stuart's going to just land off the fence in the second or at worst third pair. And uh, in a 14-horse field and with fitness on a side, I think uh, I think rations is going to be really hard to beat. In race three, the Fisher and Pikey class three, over 1,800 Eagle Farm. And if it doesn't win, you might be on rations. Well, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah I might have to sell the oven. <laughs> 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 no, I won't go that hard. Um, Morfittville Salts, we're going to move on to round out our specs. Got a couple of tips here from the great man. Uh, what can we expect in terms of the track? <laughs> Rail six metres, good four. I think it should be fair, but with the South Easterly on speed from the from the shoot races. Mm-hmm. And uh, race five is going to be the first race we look at. It's a, For the three-year-olds, it's a benchmark 68 over 1,200 metres. Yeah, I'll have 1.25 units on Hop on Harry and very good return. They took their medicine from the wide gate and went back, but he ran the second fastest last 200 of the day behind Mac and Cheese, who's won since. Looks a very quality filly, and, and that was did on a high-quality race. Did day. you see that race for Mac and Cheese won last week? It was, it was a it brilliant got, win. It was one of the all-time hip and shoulders. It was yeah. Byron Pickett and then managed yeah. to, like, good horse when you can yeah. get a knock like that and then bully your way through and still win by lengths. No, um, spot on. Spot on. Good horse. Mm. And so it's obviously good form. And they're not mucking around here. They put Jess Eaton on barrier four. That They're not going to be going back. I think it's a nice horse. Think it'll win the race. Hop on Harry. That's Hop on Harry, race five. Do I have a price? Yeah, I do. It's $2.50 on Top Sport. Mm-hmm. Right, race eight, the listed Manor High Classic. Over 1,200 metres. An old friend rears his head again. Yes, my precious. <laughs> I've never seen Lord of the Rings, by the way, and I never I was, will. No, mate, I I recommend it up there in that cabin by the lake. Yeah, gotcha. out. That'd, be, that'd be nice. <laughs> I like Rock the Ring. This is how I see the race planning out or panning out. I think Spanish Heirloom's going to lead. I think Trip comes across with it. I think Rock the Ring tags Trip across. I, I think he gets in the 1-1. One, one. 
Lombardo's drawn outside all of them. I think he gets trapped deep, and I thought he was really poor for us. You liked him, and he was oh, he, he was, was terrible. So disappointing. I couldn't yeah. blame anyone. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Go on, go on. Like he does like it at Adelaide, but maybe he's better at twelve hundred meters. You know, but you know, I couldn't have him off that. And I, I thought Rock the Ring tried up real nicely in in very fast time behind Kemal Passer, and he didn't have his shades on there. So the blinkers come on race day, and given the form of the horses that are sort of rated at the top in this race. I, I think he's really well in on the minimum with 54 kilos because the horses carrying the bigger weights are, are not going as well. So, yeah, I think the race looks really nice for him. Rock the ring. He's flying for the McAvoy since he went there. Yeah, he, he certainly is. And you're getting 350, yeah, 350 about Rock the ring. And, yeah, who knows what I'm, – I'm putting Lombardo down to wants to find a rail. Maybe got a little, little bit, yeah, a little bit lost. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll learn a little bit about it this this start anyway. Hey, yeah, uh, that rounds out the specs segment, which means it's time for. Unit. It is now time, of course, for unit of the week. Our segment that's proudly brought to you by Top Sport. Our lucky unit of the week gets an opportunity to have $100 for them and $100 for Horse Rescue Australia on their best bet of the weekend. And we've got Jimmy this weekend who thinks he's a bit of a shark. He's uh, typed in that he does a little bit of the form and spends a, spends time about six hours a day on the form, I think, Jimmy. So uh, let's yeah. see what he's got. Hey, fellas. My tip this week, race four, number seven, Bendigo, Remark. It's 380 at the moment. Last start in Sydney, got beat 3.8 lengths. Behind Shelby 66 on a bog who happened to beat it. Nature Strip home there at start before. Gets back onto a good track. Ollie goes on. The main danger, I think, Sorrow's Dream's drawn out wide. Going to have to go back from that gate. Ollie's just going to sit on speed, let it go on the corner, and it should just win. Well, Jimmy's on remark, and we've managed to lock that in at $3.90 on Top Sport. Now, I may or may not have completely made up that he does six hours of form. <laughs> audience. You know what? It sounds great, and everything we say is true. So, uh, Jimmy, remark, $3.90 is locked in for you and for Horse Rescue Australia. So good luck this week. Uh, let's move into two units now, Salts, which is our best bets from around Australia. And as always, I'll, uh, I'll start off the segment, and uh, I'm heading to Eagle Farm this week. Uh, more than the smash and grab, I'm getting back up there for my best bet. And uh, I'm with Hang 5 at $2 in race two over 1,400 metres. And it's an Steve O'Day, Matty Hoisted runner, a.k.a. the Brizzy Bullies, I'm calling them, coining them the Brisbane Bullies now. So <laughs> they're just doing damage up there. And they've got a really nice two-year-old Colt here who won with a big sweeping uh, run and a leg in the air last start at this track over 1,200. Billy Egan was actually on. Yeah? Yeah, he was riding up there. But okay. gets out to 1,400 this time in, and uh, the market danger in the race is a horse called Boom Court who comes through the same race as him from last start, and he got spanked. Um, Hang 5 also gets a two-kilo weight swing on Boom Court too, so uh, I'm happily taking the two bucks about here. Jaden Lloyd claim. $2 is short enough, but I think it's a nice early bank builder. So my two units is on Hang 5 at 2 bucks. Eagle Farm Race 2. So hold on a second. Hang 5 pumped Boom Court last start and gets two kilos off him. Mm. Right. What's this, what's, this, what's this bloody Boom Court paying? 
four fifty or something. Second, tell them they're dreaming, mate. Yeah, he mate, forty is going to take you to the cleaners. Yeah, and mate, the extra two hundred meters, that extra furlong, just adds another three lengths, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. All oh, right, I'm coming. That's quick mass. <laughs> I'll see you there. Eagle yeah, I'm, I'm going back to Randwick, mate. I, the card at Randwick this week, you know, I'm, I really hope it goes ahead because, like, it is some. I know it's it's the day one of the championships, so you'd expect it's good, but, man, it is good. I hope it goes ahead because if it doesn't, 32 minutes of our podcast is redundant. Oh, I know. And they'll relocate it and I won't win. Yeah, and so, we'll change eight bets. Oh, yeah. What a, what Randwick, a race five. The country championships final over 1,400 metres. Now, this is one of the things that Racing New South Wales, not only have they done right, it's it's world leading. It's, the country championships series is just absolutely brilliant from, from start through to finish. And I love what it's about. And I love a Wagga horse here in another one. I, I think he's set, uh, outstanding value at double figures. I have 0.85 units on him and this is an open race. You know, my old mate, Testator Salens, goes around and he just keeps sticking his neck out. He's a winner. But another one at this price, I just think he's a superb bet. He's here off the exact same setup that he had from last year's final in terms of lead-in run and space between runs. And last year's final, he was four wide without cover over 1,400 metres and, and kept coming. It was enormous, the run. Now, his lead-in run, this time, he won really well at Wagga in the qualifier over 1,400 metres and he faced a breeze. He got there really early and he won well. Tapper run was the eye catcher in behind, but I thought how early another one got there and the work he did in the run, he, he was entitled for something to take ground off him late. His trial between runs, tap and run, was absolutely brilliant, fast and hard-held and just juicy work and don't worry about wet ground holding any fears on debut he should have beaten group one Randwick guineas winner lions raw on a deteriorating heavy track you know this this is a this is a horse that handles all surfaces and if you watch some of his trials on heavy he skips through it mate. he's like mary poppins <laughs> skipping through puddles and shit he loves it probably and all yeah and he gets a cracker of a run from this yeah. barrier, I reckon he's. I reckon he can get the the one one. Man, I reckon he's a nice bet. Another one. I, 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 the only thing I can't I can't level with you here on Salts is you've got 0.85 units on your two units. Now I know it's at a price, so we can yeah. Talk but what's like, he? If you have two outcome. units on your thing, you get two back. If I have 0.85 yeah. on mine, I get like seven and a half yeah. profit. Yeah, no, you've you've um, absolutely outmathed me there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I'm having 28 units on my thing. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah. I still yeah, get less back than you. <laughs> my math sucks. Uh, brilliant. So that's another 1.85 units, 10 bucks, race five, round week, Celsius best. That rounds out the show for today. And uh, good luck listeners on the punt this weekend we hope day one of the championships goes ahead it's going to be a great day of racing group one's galore and uh we'll be back next week to talk more racing have a great one killed the star and its ministers anastasia screamed in vain